White Sox, White Sox, go, 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 go. Call your sons, call your daughters. Holy cow. You can't put it on the board. Yes. Yes. It's a perfect game. Red Echo, Grand Slam. A White Sox winner and a world championship. Jimenez, he's your hero tonight. Thanks, Cubs. The dynamic duo of Herb Lawrence and Chris Tannehill. Those two are like a tag team, you know. Come with me to Southside of Chicago. Hi, this is Jim Tomey, and the best White Sox talk is on Locked On Sox Podcast with Tanny and Herb. Hello, and welcome back to Locked On Sox. My name is Herb Lawrence. You can follow me on Twitter. It is at Eckerwall23. Chris Tannehill is at Chris Tannehill, and at Locked On Sox is where you find us on Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. 312-566-8727. A lot of you guys use that number to leave a voice message for today's show. 312-566-8727 or LockedOnSocks at gmail.com. We're going to get to a lot of your emails and voicemails today. Without any further ado, it is Chris Tannehill. Chris, how is your off day going so far? Oh, White Sox off day. Sorry. <laughs> you know what? Uh, I wish that the team played day games every day. Um, I don't love off days during the week because that means we have to fill content other ways as opposed to just yakking about the game, which is fine. We get a chance to talk to the people, but uh, two straight evenings of being in bed at a reasonable hour. I'm on board with that as we cruise into the all-star break here. So it's episode 272 of Locked on White Sox. Can you believe it? We're going to open up the mailbag. You're going to hear from Eloy Jimenez, and we're going to go in the Wayback Machine at the end of the show, as well as preview the pitching matchups for the Baltimore Orioles series. And we're brought to you by Spotify Green Room. Download the Spotify Green Room app and find one of our Locked On Rooms. All right, where we begin today, Herbie, is uh, Eloy Jimenez is back. Eloy's coming. Hide your heart, girl. Eloy's coming. And he met the assembled media yesterday and he seemed to be in really good spirits as you would expect Eloy Jimenez to be in good morning everyone and you know he had things to say and you know he, he said he credits his teammates for hanging with them and making him feel like he was part of the team even when he was injured and not around and he enjoys watching the Sox and like all of us he's impressed by the way these guys have stuck together and how everyone stepped up a little bit and he feels a little bit sad watching the White Sox when he's not there being able to be a part of We've felt sad, too, at times watching this team. Uh, But overall, things are good as you're sitting eight games up on Cleveland here as we approach the All-Star break. But uh, here's Eloy talking about how he feels. He's going to begin a rehab assignment beginning today. Uh, down in Winston-Salem, and then I would assume he will be uh, you know, escorted up through the Sox minor league system. And what's, what isn't known yet is how long he's going to be down there, and maybe we could talk about that uh, after we discuss what Eloy said. But uh, I, I'm not sure when he'll make the uh, the trip up to the, the major league level. I'm not sure. You know, I would assume, remember, folks, this is like a, an extent, extended second spring training for Eloy, so I don't think they're going to rush him by any means, but we'll talk about that in a second. So here's Eloy just talking about just how he feels. How does the swing feel? I feel better than it's been training. I feel like 110%, 110%, so let's say 200%. So I feel pretty normal. I feel like I can go do my swing, finish with two hands, whatever, and it's not going to hurt. 
that's good. Uh, follow through on the swing is not going to hurt. Although, you know, it's not physically impossible to feel 200%. I'm sorry, boy. It's just not. No one can Even feel the 110% is uh, <laughs> erroneous. <laughs> exactly. So that was good just to hear that he's doing well in good spirits. But he dropped a little uh, little nugget uh, on us and something that we have been talking about. We Muggsy Bogues. <laughs> a little nugget. Was Muggsy Bogues ever a nugget? No, he probably wasn't. <laughs> Oh, Boykin. Sorry. There it is. There you go. Uh, uh, fat lever. <laughs> um, so he dropped something on us and something we previewed uh, many times as we talk about this Eloy list team and what's going to happen when he comes back. Is he going to play left field? Uh, is he banned from left field for life? Here's what Eloy said uh, about just basically down to do whatever the team asks, except if they need me and I do whatever, but I still don't like DH. So. Keep it in mind. Ooh, we'll keep that in mind, Eloy. Okay. That's uh, kept in mind, and uh, we are not going to allow you to play left field uh, unless you're in a National League ballpark and unless it's an emergency. So keep that in mind. Uh, Herb, what do, you, <laughs> <laughs> what do you think about that, man? I, this is not, not a surprise, but uh, it was kind of funny just to hear him double down on that one. Yeah, I don't understand why he has such a – well, I kind of understand why he has such a uh, hesitancy to play – uh, left field it's just because you know you've been playing baseball your whole life and probably he's understood like okay I hit then I go out and grab my glove go out with my boys and, and I do my thing to be the designated hitter it's a total mind fuck I think because you're just hitting and you're you feel like you're a bench player instead of being part of the team because you're just getting your four bats and sitting on the bench and then wallowing around about that strikeout you had in the first until you get your chance in the fourth. and Or if you had a first inning home run, you can't you know just chill out and have a good time with your people because they're going back out to the field in the next half inning. So if you've been doing that your whole life and they tell you, hey, uh, just bat, it kind of messes you up. And also, he's 20, what, three? It's really early to be a designated hitter, but my argument is – stop getting hurt as a left fielder, <laughs> then you can probably be a left fielder. If you were a bad left fielder, I'll let you out there. Fine, because your bat plays. But you keep on getting hurt. This is like the third time you've been hurt playing left field. So, no, man, I am taking that glove away from you. And it's like you said, unless we're in a National League ballpark for the World Series or uh, late in a late season game, you can grab a glove for two of those three games. Otherwise... Your ass is on the bench, designating hidden. Yeah, you would think he learned his lesson after all this experience watching his team play and, and succeed without him and struggle offensively at times with without him. And I, I would hope he learned his lesson. So in, in the events that you do have to have him out there, and it's it's unavoidable, injuries and things pop up and just giving guys a, a rest in the lineup, you know, he's going to be out there. So to don't freak out when you do see him out there, but I don't think it should be – Option number one, I think Andrew Vaughn has earned the right to stay out there because he's played a more than capable left field. He's played actually pretty good out there. I think it was maybe one uh, misplay he's had out there all year, and I, I think he's just been a, a, an awesome team player, and he hasn't gotten himself or anyone else hurt, <laughs> quite frankly, and that's a big part of this. It's not just a one-time freak accident. This is not, uh, you know... 
Kyle Schwarber running into Dexter Fowler, you know, crossing the, the knees there, even though you could argue that that was Schwarber's fault because he should know that he shouldn't be going after that ball. But it's not like, you know, an injury where you you plant the leg and, you know, you, you rip up your knee that way. It's not a freak accident. This was an accident made out of uh, carelessness, in, in my opinion, and we've talked about it at length. And it, it's something that we didn't need to be in this position discussing this, but in my opinion, he's lost the right to be able to to pick and choose where he wants to play and to make any grand proclamations about where he's going to play. And what you say is totally true about the DH being a totally different mindset. And, and that is a very fluid situation, in my opinion. I could see very much him being a DH for the first week or two after tearing it up down in the lower levels and struggling because he's not used to uh, that role and it's not an easy role we've seen how many guys come over to the White Sox from the National League Adam Dunn is the guy I always think of and 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 really fail in that spot because they don't know how to deal with the downtime you know you, you have one at bat at bat in the first or second inning and you got to carry that with you for three innings you know it's it's not it, not everyone's built for it not everyone is Frank Thomas who says you know what I want to be the DH and I just want to get out there and rake every day and by the way punch my ticket to Cooperstown while you're at it and not everyone is like that so mm-hmm. this is a real touchy situation here but if I'm Tony La Russa, you know I you, you sorry Eloy you've you've lost that trust from me uh, in terms of not being able to to get hurt or get someone else hurt you know and Unless he's dramatically different down in the minor leagues, I'm, I'm assuming he's going to have to play some outfield down in the minor leagues just to get his conditioning back and just to get in the rhythm of things. Uh, but you know, unless he's dramatically different and just a statue out there, <laughs> you know, um, then then maybe you would change my mind on that. But I, you know, this is not a situation I'm going to take lightly. If I'm Rakan, if I'm Tony Larusa, but if Eloy's a team guy and he's a team player and he has been up to this point, he'll understand his role here and he'll have to adjust accordingly. Andrew Vaughn never played left field in his life until he had to, so he adjusted accordingly and he's mm-hmm. treaded water at the, at the major league level here. It has, hasn't been outstanding, but in his first big league season coming from A-ball, he's done just fine. So everyone is having to deal with things they're uncomfortable with this year with all these injuries. So Eloy's going to have to be no different. But regardless of all that, we'll worry about that when he gets up here. When when do we think here, Herb, and uh, for his debut with the White Sox uh, for 2021? I'm looking at a, a few possible dates here. So we're, we're looking at this. Today is Friday, July 9th. What do we think? Uh, a, a week at at Winston Salem, and then maybe to Charlotte. You know, I don't know if he's going to go to Birmingham at all. So that that's a variable here. But what what are we thinking here for the Eloy return? Are we thinking maybe the twenty third of July. Is that too early? I think in a Friday or a third or, or the thirtieth. That's a Friday as well. I guess I should, it should help. I look at the home schedule here. I think maybe that could factor in it. Could you imagine that the first game of a, of a weekend set? Uh, first day back at home, and there's Eloy Jimenez right there for you. That would be a lot of fun. What do you think they're going to do here? I think he's coming back Friday, July 23rd at Milwaukee. He's coming back then. Do you have – that's two full weeks of him. He's said he's 110% and then elevated that in the same sentence to 200%. Imagine just killing triple-A pitches for – or double-A, single-A pitches for – two weeks maybe he'll have a week down there murdering those folks and then come up to like double a to birmingham and murder those folks and it's like all right his conditioning's right he's recovering well from uh game after game and i hope when he's down there he can just be the designated hitter get him in that rhythm of designating hitting down there in the minor leagues 
So we're not doing a rehab start where he gets injured in left field in a rehab. That's what I worry about, man. That's my number one worry about all this. And they have DHs down at those levels. That's when I say play in the outfield at at a bare minimum, just to get your baseball rhythm back your baseball body you know what I mean? conditioning that's that's the only thing i worry about and um, i wish they had those extended spring training games where you can cheat and have Aloy yeah. like lead off every inning or just get a bunch of bats versus pitchers where he just getting live pitching versus other competition that's trying to get him out that's all he needs the the muscle memory will come back as quick as uh as he remembers he's been hitting down there in arizona so uh in the uh, batting cages but you know nothing prepares you for live hitting like live hitting so get a couple weeks in there and he said by the end of the month so by that friday january july 30th game uh here at cleveland or first cleveland 100 percent. but i think He's a quick healer. We didn't expect him to be back this soon. I didn't know I didn't expect him to be back this soon. So I think the start versus Milwaukee Friday night, July 23rd, perfect atmosphere. Uh, I mean, you would have to play him in left field. That's the only problem. It's a National League Park. So now let me adjust that. Let me adjust that. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, pinch hit. He could pinch hit. No, when he comes back, he's going to start forever. So July 26th, Kansas City. Erase all the stuff I said about Milwaukee. The only reason I said that is because I'm going to the Saturday, July 24th game, so I wanted to see him up there. But Kansas City, July 26th, Monday, book it. Yeah, you know what? The only thing that was – I was going to split the difference because my initial guess was going to be Friday the 30th against the Indians. Uh, What a boost that would be as you try to hopefully bury Cleveland at that point. Um, That would be a nice emotional boost. But the splitting the difference, I think the 26th is a good call. But I think they want to minimize his travel a bit. So if he can go straight to Chicago after going from coming from one of the affiliates and not have to go to make that Kansas City trip, playing the day game before you come home, they have no off days that week. I think that would be sensible as well. That's why I keep going back to that thirtieth. It just looks so appealing. But if he if he gets in in that Kansas City series, I'm I'm good for that. You know. So uh, yeah, let, let's just say that the the week of the twenty sixth, I think would be would be fair. Not a not a moment too soon, sooner than that, because I think it is important that he 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 gets back uh, into baseball shape because he's been rehabbing clearly, but he's got to deal with the the injury above all. So get back into shape, and we'll see you the week of the twenty sixth. Are we going up up to Milwaukee that weekend? What do you think, man? I mean, I think Courtney got me tickets up there for that series. I don't yeah. even know if we're staying at the Fister Hotel. Fister, really newer. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't know where we're gonna stay. I've actually never been to Milwaukee proper like i've been to the stadium of many times i went one time to uh milwaukee greyhound station because i was going to carroll college now carroll university but i've never been in the downtown milwaukee area so i'm looking forward to maybe seeing a little little downtown milwaukee seeing the lake one of those great lakes enjoying the great <laughs> lakes of great Mich- lake michigan on that milwaukee side so yeah Maybe, yeah, come on down. I think a bunch of White Sox Twitter people are going. Uh, uh, Drunk Sox fan Steve is going. Maybe Hot Take Tommy, both from Sons of Harnacky. Sox on Tap are going. I just saw all these people in Pittsburgh. I don't need to see them again in Milwaukee. (laughs) I know, I know. (laughs) And the 108 will be there, I think. Oh, well, I didn't see them in Pittsburgh. All right, now I'm going. Yeah, you can put it in. They have uh, the Sunday game uh, listed as a night game, 608 Central. Maybe. So, yeah, is is it though? They I mean, 
I know they flexed the game recently, but I thought yeah, that was a Cub game. Yeah, it's on ESPN. It's oh, on ESPN. Oh, yep. let's go. We got, we got a bunch of games now flexed. But then I can, yeah, so yeah, exactly. But then you don't get to hear A-Rod. And the White Sox have one of the best ground screw guy in baseball, Roger Bozart. He's been there since 1983. 83. And he is the best in the business. Yeah, they're dragging him in now. I'd be the guy, you know, watching on my phone as you're as the game's playing out in front of you. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to that now. Let's just screw the rest of the the, the show. I forget the mailbag. Let's just talk about our Milwaukee trip. Um, yeah. So, all right. As we move on here to the next item here, we'll take a quick time out. We come back. Open up the mailbag next here on Locked On White Sox. And this episode of Locked On White Sox is brought to you by our friends at Built Bar. Built Bar. It's the best tasting protein bar ever. And let me tell you, folks. I'm down 21 pounds now. Thank you to our friends at Built Bar. I don't think I could have done it without them eliminating those bad sugary snacks from my diet and replacing them with the nutritious, delicious Built Bars has been a godsend for me. I just ordered a new 18-pack of German chocolate. They went on sale this weekend, and uh, they may be gone by now, which is why you have to sign up for the email alerts and text alerts so you know when your favorite flavors come back like I did. German chocolate is probably my best flavor, I would say, and now I get to have some. And I even ordered a special cooler. It's a Built Bar cooler that they were offering last week with your purchase. Better head to BuiltBar.com now and see if they're still there. But I took some on the road with me to Pittsburgh, and they were kept nice and cool in their little Built Bar cooler. They give you these nice little freezer packs to go with it. It's really, really a great thing to have if you're going on the road this summer. Get yourself some Built Bars now. Go to BuiltBar.com. Use our promo code LOCKED15. That's going to get you 15% off your next order. That's what I did when I ordered my German chocolate Built Bars. And, you know, if you're looking to lose weight or maintain weight, they're just perfect. When you talk about Built Bars, you talk about how delicious they are, but also they're packed with protein. Your average Built Bar has about 17 grams of protein and just 130 calories with about 4 grams of sugar. Pretty good, right? And I'm telling you, they taste awesome. One of my favorite flavors was back in stock recently, the coconut. I ordered some of those. Herb's favorite flavor, the peanut butter brownie, is a mainstay. Go to BuiltBar.com, promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off your next order at BuiltBar.com. Shall we open up the bag? Yes, let's do it. A lot of emails. We're going to try to get to some. There's another email. I love email. We love email, too. We love your emails. Herb, how do they get their emails right on the show? LockedOnSocks at gmail.com is the way you can send your emails into us. All right. We begin our first email in a while in a mailbag segment. Let's start it off with Southside Mike. Hey, Southside Mike, how you doing? Uh, fellas, what's the chances that the Sox take a run at Chris Bryant this month? I'm sure it would cost a pretty penny, but we've seen how health isn't guaranteed on this team. Either Chicago teams being, uh, inter-Chicago teams being as rare as they are, what are the chances that both Robert and Jimenez come back in midseason form in October? Bryant provides a deal of versatility and veteran consistency that could complement the volatility of our young bats on the team, assuming it doesn't cost a Cespedes or Kopech to get him. Thanks, boys. That's Southside Mike. Thank you, Southside Mike, for reaching out. What do you think, Herbie? Chris Bryant to the Sox? Hmm. Um, I would love it. That would be an awesome pickup for the White Sox. His versatility is a one, and he's a great hitter. But I think the Cubs would be very hesitant to make another trade with the White Sox, yeah. especially helping the White Sox out in the championship window. 
even though he's a rental, maybe Chris Bryant falls in love with the White Sox, does well here, wins a World Series, resigns with the White Sox just to stick it to the Cubs specifically. Yeah. So he'll so, Chris Bryant heel turn. That don't overlook that. You know. Oh my God. I mean, they <laughs> treated him like crap in the beginning of his, of his career, and people are like, well, that's part of the rules. Well, they didn't have to do it. You don't have to do it. You see what happened with Fernando Tatis. They didn't play games with him. He rewarded them with a long term deal and. He's staying with San Diego forever. And so, yeah, that would be a big time thing for the White Sox to pick up a player of his caliber. He could play left field for you and you could have Aloy at designated hitter and have a real reason like, hey, Aloy, that man is better than you at in most ways, especially with the gloves. So let's uh, just chill out and just hit home runs. That's all. All right, cool. Break. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, I don't think the Cubs will do it because no. it's just way too good for the White Sox to get him, no matter who you trade away. I know it'll be a rental, but Chris Bryant is a worth the trade. Whoever he goes to, Oakland, Houston, whatever team, I think he's going to be a great player. Yeah, and it's it's a really tricky situation. Jed Hoyer spoke yesterday to the media at Wrigley Field, and he, he uttered a phrase that you never want to hear your GM utter, and he said, life comes at you fast. That's not something you want to hear your GM say. No. The Cubs on the heels of that 11-game uh, losing skid and uh, finally breaking it on Wednesday evening, but the, the Bryant thing is going to be a weird one. Like, will there be a standoff? Like, you know what? You're going to stay right here. Um, and we're just going to get the, 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 the sandwich pick for you, and that'll be that, you know, as opposed to getting something more for him for, for a rental. So it'll be interesting. I'd love it. And you talk about maybe, you know, not having Cespedes as part of a deal. I'd listen. Not you're not saying I'd do it, but I would definitely listen if you're talking to Cespedes and whoever else for Chris Bryant for a half a season. You know why, friends? Because Chris Bryant gets on base against right-handed pitching, a career 368 OBP guy against right-handed pitching. So you don't always have to have a left-handed stick out there. That's not always what I'm looking for, but you need to be able to hit against righties. And Chris Bryant hits pretty much against everyone when he's healthy, except now he's not healthy. What did he have a, a hamstring the other day that that they came up with? So yeah, it's a tricky situation there, you know. Uh, that, or is that, that one? Of the, or is that a uh, don't get hurt while we trade you injury? Like the you know? exactly. <laughs> okay, uh, moving on. But thank you for the email. Yeah, I'd, I'd be down for that. I, I, he's he's a great team player too, and he could solve a, a few of the Sox uh, depth. Not depth, but you know, just uh, positional issues with his versatility. Put put him out and right. Put him anywhere, really. He's played literally uh, everywhere except catcher. You know, so uh, yeah, that, that's a good call there. I think we all, you know, we're, we take our local bias out of it and just know that he's a good, versatile player and a good team player and a winner, guys, an MVP and a World Series winner. So who wouldn't want that on their team? But I agree with you. I don't think the Cubs would do it. I think they have to be pretty salty. Um, you know, about the, the Eloy trade in, in retrospect. You know, there's no bad blood there, but just, you know, they, they can't sit right with them, especially it's a lot of bad optics, especially after what they did with you, Darvish, that the fan base I don't think would appreciate that, <laughs> even though maybe we've grown up from that. But I, I, I agree with you, though. I don't think it'll happen. We had a great email from Katie in St. Louis here asking about the futures of Rodon and Lance Lynn. And then there were some more emails too about what it would cost to keep them here. Herb and I ended up having a great conversation about that, answering many of your questions in terms of what that would look like. So we put that in its own show and that'll come out on Tuesday as we explore 
keeping Carlos Rodon and Lance Lynn and what it would cost to keep this rotation intact next year. We had a lot of great emails about the topic, and we decided to make it its own show. That'll be next week here on Lockdown White Sox. Next one in here is from Lucas. Lucas says this, Yo, Tanny and Herbie, looking to, ce- looking to celebrate the fo birthday on the 21st by taking the family and meeting some friends at the rate. Can you fellows speak to your favorite tailgating rituals and which lot is the best lot to do the grilling and bag playing? Also, what are the best Bridgeport stops for food and drink that have opened up in the last decade? I've lived out in New York, Long Island. Mm, Rough enough to break New York from Long Island uh, for the last decade, and I have some White Sox withdrawal to take care of this year. Keep up the great work. I tune in for every episode. Thank you, fellas. No, Lucas. Thank you. you. Uh, Shout out to Strong Island. Uh, So... Favorite tailgating rituals, Herb? We are not tailgaters per se, right? No, we're not. Yeah. The last real tailgate I went to was when they retired Mark Burley's jersey, you know, and that was fun. We were hanging out with the Barstool guys, Dave, Carl, Chief, like, you know, that that was a good time. And, uh, you know, and other other than just, you know, perusing and walking through, saying what's up to people that are tailgating before, before a game, I never really was an active Hey, let's bring my grill set up, grill, and uh, and go tailgate hours before a game because I'm a dad. You know, it's hard enough to get out of the house uh, on time. Um, and usually, if I'm at the ball game early, it's because I'm trying to snag a bobblehead. Uh, but I'm not a huge tailgater. Are you? I'm not. No, I'm not at all. Um, like I said, I think that probably was my last time I went to a tailgate, uh, specifically before the game to meet some people, eat some food, drink a couple beers. We saw a couple of weeks ago when they went 100 percent, a lot of people out there. White Sox Day was out there. Your uh, partner in crime, Shane, was out there grilling up a little bit. That uh, looked was, fun. That looked yeah. a lot of fun. Like I, I wasn't able to go, but they got rained on. But it's still, I would it would have been fun. Buzz from Socks on Tap was sliding into some dirt. Uh, <laughs> people just being crazy out there. It was all fun. So that was all in Lot B. So if you're going to enjoy a time it seems like lot b that's where we had the the um tailgate where we joined it socks on 35th was there all those guys so i think that's the spot and if you want to check out those fillers they're they're all good i mean you could check out everybody on the socks twitter nation they're all good they'll tell you where you need to go from the 108 it's always at lot b chilling out and having yeah. some grills and doing some things with the they got grills beer. they're all wearing they're wearing grills, grills. <laughs> grills. Yes. but yeah b lot seems to be the consensus that's the only one that i can recall ever being truly live out there you know so b lot of grills friends what yeah, I heard oh, uh, on the yeah. show on Thursday that uh, <laughs> later on today that Chris Tannehill is going to get a big green egg. Oh, that's right. Uh, and then after I get a uh, grill, I yeah, tried. Yeah, um, yeah, um, yeah. It's the the big green egg day today. I will be going up mm. to the backyard barbecue store in Wilmette and bringing one home, and uh, you know, try to smoke some meat this summer and fall and winter. <laughs> really, <And a> full ass <laughs> chicken and a turkey. Oh, well, yeah, turkey f- for Thanksgiving for sure. I'm going to have to do a test turkey. So if you see me coming through in October to, and leaving a, a 20-pound turkey in the control room at the score, it's because I was doing a test turkey because uh, I don't think the wife's going to sign off on me smoking the turkey um, <laughs> without testing it first. But, yeah, that's okay. that's the plan, man. Uh, chicken is very – it's it's not 
very ambitious. Anyone could could smoke a chicken, I would think. But yeah, I'll test on a chicken, maybe a, a pork shoulder, and then I'll move up to a brisket when I feel like I've I've got the hang of it. But I, I I'm not really into. I haven't really smoked many meats before. I love grilling, obviously, but I'm looking to take it up to the next level. So yeah, man, big day for the kid here. As a, as I'm looking forward to that, and you'll be reaping the benefits of that, I'm sure. I think I'll start with some wings this weekend uh, if I have the time. So uh, yeah, man, but big day. Where were we? Oh yeah, food, food uh, on the south side by by G rate over the last ten years. Places that have opened up. There's a bunch of places that are cool. Um, we uh, we had Lawrence Holmes' first leg of the bachelor party that he had a few years back at, uh, was it Pancho y Pistolas? Yeah. Right? That's a good spot. What is that, 31st? Or is I believe that's 31st. It's not as far as the place that you took me to, but yeah, it's like Pancho Pistolas is like on 31st. It's in the neighborhood. You guys can find it. Yeah, that's good. If of course, you're... Buffalo rings, Wings and Rings. Oh, Buffalo Wings and Rings. Our people. I miss the Buffalo Wings and Rings food drops that we used to have at the score. It was always, always on point. Uh, fire Wings and pretty much everything else you get there. I know uh, that's a staple in the South Side area. Of course, you could go with uh, my my guy spot, Chef Juan Kim's Kimski, uh, which is Polish and Korean fusion. It sounds wild, but it's delicious. They've got a Polish sausage with kimchi on it, and they've got poutine there. And then there's the the, the good beer too. Yeah, yeah. The, uh, the, the it, next place. It's right. Well, it's right there. It's it's locked up with Maria's bar. Uh, Maria's. Uh, um, bar, package goods. Package goods. Yeah, Maria's package goods. There. That's on thirty first as well. And that is right next to pizza, fried chicken, and ice cream, which my guy, Chef Juan Kim, also runs. And that has pizza, fried chicken, and ice cream. So those two spots, those three spots, really, have become a staple in that neighborhood. And, I, and every time I'm out south, I go there, uh, as well as the other spots. And also, the place that houses the uh, – do they still house it, though? The Yerminator Burger? Freddy's? Uh, <laughs> That's also, I believe, on 31st. 31st is like the, the, the bomb food corridor there uh, on the south side. But the thing I like about Freddy's, though, is they serve – uh, fresh donuts. I, I don't remember if it was stands or or do right, but they've got f- the real Chicago donuts there, and also you can get an adult milkshake there. They you could spike your milkshake up with some rum or something like that, and also with CBD apparently. Mm, so right. yeah, we may have to hit that place up uh, after a game uh, with uh, with an Uber <laughs> to boot. Uh, so and if you go far enough down Thirty Fifth the other way. You know, you got some uh, Doc's Fish Witch, a JJ's Fish. Uh, there's a Culver's down the street on uh, MLK and 35th. I think there's a Home Run Inn on MLK and 35th. So, yeah, there's a lot of food options in the, the adjoining neighborhoods. So that's like more in Bronzeville area. Yep, exactly. So I hope that answers your question. Uh, welcome back. Uh, you, you're going to have a great time regardless. Happy 40th birthday to you there and uh, Wu-Tang is forever friends absolutely yeah, that's Staten Island though not Long Island oh he's uh, I thought he was from Staten Island not from Strong Island yeah, my bad yeah yeah you don't you don't it, walk off from the, the islands um, <laughs> um he's from the the Massapequa <laughs> yeah the, the Conqueron Conquema um <laughs> yeah Long Island is uh is De La Soul they lost soul and rock him uh, from Long Island and also uh Freddie Fox as well so not isn't a, a great uh Buster Rhymes from Long Island? No, is he? That's a good I question. Mean, I, mean, I mean, but if you're confusing, is it technically Queens <laughs> on Long Island. <laughs> That's what Ed Farmer used to say. But no, it's separate. I think. Um, no, Buster Rhymes is from Flatbush. So 
You know what? We could go uh, a Long Island we'll rappers play. draft here, uh, <laughs> and uh, and really, uh, you know, wet wet your beak if you're well. Chuck D's from Long Island. Eric Sermon. Yeah. Yeah, is MC Search from uh, Long Island. He no. looks like he's from. <laughs> what, is th- what does that mean? <laughs> um, it, Doom. Uh, you know, I forgot about his uh, his uh, Long Island uh, origins. Uh, the Monster Island Zars. He's from Queens. <laughs> yeah, MC Search is from Queens. Yeah, he discovered Nas. Apparently, uh, that's what they say. Um, Aesop Rock from Long Island. Ooh, Granddaddy IU. I'm going really deep here. A lot of you people have no idea who I'm talking about here. Uh, R.A. the Rugged Man. Yeah, so lots of lots of famous heads out there from Long Island. So uh, we, we move on here. We, we could talk for hours about this. We may even do that and break it up into another episode. Who knows? Um, we do have one voicemail here uh, before we get into uh, the next segment here uh, when we go into the Wayback Machine. Let's see who's checking in the Locked on White Sox voicemail at 312-566-8727. Oh, wouldn't you know it? It's an old friend. Yeah, this is White Sox Ralph from Charleston, South Carolina. I spent the last month with my wife and my dog Ozzy on the road going around Lake Michigan and camping along the way and found out my son is moving to Kansas City. And my grandson, age seven's response was, do I have to become a Royals fan now? Oh, no. Which his father reassured him that he did not, which uh, made me very happy because uh, I still love my first place White Sox and am glad to get home. But it was an adventure and enjoyed watching Herb's dog. Um, in the driver's seat, our dog tended to uh, want to drive as well, but he's 75 pounds and not allowed in the front seat. But um, he is an Aussie, and he tries to control things. And during the fireworks, he was happy to see it all, which is not a wow. common thing. But anyway, go first place White Sox. Thanks, guys. Bye. Yeah, thank you, uh, Ralph. I uh, appreciate you checking in there. Yeah, God forbid if your kid was a Royals fan. Oh, my goodness gracious. Yeah, that would suck. <laughs> that would really, really suck. I mean, I mean got- especially becoming from the, the glory of being a White Sox fan. But I guess in his lifetime, I don't know how old the kid seven. is. He's- he's got- oh, seven. Uh, no, the kid has not seen a Royals World Series, have he? No. Yeah, 20, was that 2015? 2015. No, the kid is out. I mean, he, well, he would have seen it, but not remembered it. Yeah, he would have been alive. I mean, I, I mean alive, but that doesn't count. It's like <laughs> Shep with the Bears World Series. It's yeah, that's the thing. Would you rather Bears World Series? Bears the Super Bowl. What it's am like, I talking about? Yeah, it's like the old saying, right? If you, I, I, would you rather die a White Sox fan or live as a Royals fan? I'm not so sure. Uh, but thank you for uh, checking in, and uh, we have another old friend here. Um. Oh, hey, hey guys. <laughs> it's um. Yeah, it's Jake Lamb. Oh. Jake Lamb calling. It's been been a rough uh, week or so. Oh, no. No, I haven't been reaching out. Um, Well, I'm just uh, not in the best of spirits these days, guys. You know? uh, It's great to see uh, Aloy looking healthy. (laughs) Well, that Devin Sheetsy, he sure has got a smooth swing. (laughs) Man, Jake really sounds like he's hitting the bottle or he's really down in the dumps, man. I feel bad here. He does sound like there's a different tone to to Jake Lamb today. Wouldn't you agree? 
Yeah, it just sounds like he's not himself. I mean, usually a little chipper yeah. uh, greets us a little bit better. He's yeah, a little lamenting. You can see the the future of the White Sox here and uh, getting replaced easily yeah. by Gavin Sheets. That's sad. A little Nick Swisher and Jake Lamb here. You know, when things aren't going so well, you're kind of down in the dumps. Or let's hear what else he has to say. Left left-handed guy too, huh? Yeah, nice, nice little smooth left-handed swing. Yeah, Gavin Sheets. Oh boy. I really want to be part of this team, guys. <laughs> I really do. I just, uh, I don't know what Coach Tony and uh, GM Ricky, I, I, that's what I call our general manager, GM Ricky. I, can figure I don't know out. What, what they got in, in store for me. Um, I do want to say one thing, though, Herb, uh, in the last uh, broadcast, uh, oh, Jesus. <laughs> you were talking about how the outfield starting to shape up, you know, with Engel uh, and Sheets and, you know, Aloy and, and, and Luis coming back. Uh, been counting on you to support me, and you didn't even mention me. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, I wasn't even uh, in the conversation. I'm, I've been counting on you all, all year, Herb. I know I can't count on Tanny. <laughs> you know that. Anyway, Herb, I need you, okay, bud? I'm, uh, I'm really starting to get down on myself, so I could use some, some good words from you. As always, love the podcast, guys. Keep up the good work. Jake Clam, uh, signing off. Jake Clam. <laughs> Thank you, Jake Clam. Oof. Got to be tough to hear that, Herb. You're giving up on Jake Lamb, are you? I've blocked, I blocked that out I of my memory, to be honest with you. I don't even remember you uh, putting Jake Lamb out of sight, out of mind. But that's, that's messed up, man. Very much so. I didn't even think he was on the team anymore when he left his voice message right now. I was like, oh, yeah, that's our guy, Jack, Jake Lamb. I know that you hate him. Uh, that's been a guy that you've always railed against, Jake Lamb. Since day one, yeah. Yeah, he's like, Ugh, this Jake Lamb guy. But, you know, as he said right there, I've always been in his quarter. But I'm sorry, man. I had some Gavin Sheets love. Jake Berger has come up, and I've kind of forgotten about you. I'll never forget about you until you get DFA later in the year. Sorry, Jake. Yeah, Jake Lamb. Where will we be without you? <laughs> um, <laughs> so the funny thing is, though, if the Sox win the World Series, and again, that's another mention of maybe that happening this year, uh, it'll be Jake Lamb will be one of those guys that will get a ring, obviously, with his contributions. Like if you go back and you look at like the 2005 White Sox World Series video, and it, I remember seeing like the, the the roll call of guys that got rings. And there's always those guys that got rings. And I think we'll look that, you know, Jason Bourgeois, I think, was a guy that got a, a ring for being on the 05 Sox. So, you know, odd guys get rings sometimes. Maybe Jake Lamb can can say he actually contributed to a World Series team. So uh, try not to, to be so hard on yourself, Jake. Uh, you know, injuries, you ought to know better than anyone. Injuries this year have been rampant. So I think you haven't seen uh, the last of, of the south side of Chicago. You, you know, maybe you'll see it again uh, on another team. <laughs> um, so uh, thank you, Jake Lamb, for, for hitting us up. Uh, I'm going to go in the Wayback Machine next here on Locked on White Sox. This episode of Locked on White Sox is brought to you by Bet Online. You know, baseball season is in full swing, and you can track all the action with our friends at Bet Online. Get all the latest news, odds, and info on all your sporting needs, including baseball, basketball, hockey, and even UFC and MMA action. So before before the next pitch, head over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information. And it's not just baseball you can bet on on a daily basis. Check out these cool prop bets you can place at Bet Online. If you watched that hot dog eating contest out there in New York this weekend for the holiday and you pounded that over, you cashed in on that one. Shout out to everyone who reached out to me on that one. How about this? You can place a bet on who is going to testify at the Ghislaine Maxwell trial, or how about which TV network is going to 
host the Golden Globes? Or better yet, how about which country is going to be the first to be attacked by aliens? That's right, I'm not kidding, folks. It's all there for you at Bet Online. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. This is your chance to get in on the game as teams prep for their runs to the postseason and aliens. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. And don't forget our promo code locked on. Get all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes with the Locked On Today podcast. Host Peter Bukowski updates you on the latest news in every major sport with the help of our local experts. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Real quickly here, pitching matchups for the Orioles series are as follows. Friday night, tonight, Dallas Keuchel, 6-3 with a 4-4-8 against Jorge Lopez. 2-11 with a 6-0-2, a right-handed pitcher, Jorge Lopez. Saturday, Giolito, 6-6 six six with a 4-20 ERA. Hell yeah. Uh, Thomas Eshelman is 0-1 with a 7-1-6 earn run average. And then Sunday, the finale, last game before the break, Dylan Cease is 7-4 with a 4-1-4 against Spencer Watkins, 1-0 with a 1-5-0 uh, with two strikeouts on the year. So I'm assuming that's a guy that had been in relief for a large portion of the year with the Orioles. I haven't studied up on my Orioles yet, so it should be an interesting series. And uh, judging by the pitching matchups, which I know you can't just judge it like that, um, it should be a pretty favorable series for the White Sox. But uh, real quick here, as we sit here tonight and record this show, full disclosure here, we're recording this on July 8th, Thursday night. It is the 41st anniversary of the 1980 all-star game at Dodger Stadium. And why do I care about this today? Well, we had Steve Stone on the show today, and he was talking about his fond memories of of pitching for the American League. He was with the Orioles, uh, oddly enough, in 1980 en route to his Cy Young award-winning season. He threw a a perfect uh, three innings uh, for the American League. Three, damn. Yeah. Um, I wonder if I, w- I want to make sure about that. I have the box score here. I know it was three scoreless, but let's make sure it was indeed uh, three perfect innings for uh, for the old American League. But but either way, it was it was something uh, at the time that was uh, very impressive um, for for anyone really. Yeah. So first inning he goes ground out, fly ball, strikeout. Second inning, foul, pop fly, ground out, strikeout. And then third inning, ground out, fly ball, strikeout. So, yeah, three perfect innings for the American League for Steve Stone. And he was talking about just, you know, he had his his uh, his parents there uh, at Dodger Stadium that day. And he remembers looking out behind him and seeing Willie Mays uh, being out there in center field for him and how, how surreal that was for him at the time. Um, but it was also a memorable day for our guy Ed Farmer. Uh, who made his lone all-star appearance of his career that year in 1980 at Dodger Stadium. And, uh, you know, I just wanted to take it back a little bit. And uh, I got some help from Sox Nerd here uh, on Twitter. He's a great follow, and he runs a great blog. Uh, But here's what it sounded like on that day as they were introduced in 1980. Here are the 1980 All-Stars. First, the American League. From the Chicago White Sox, pitcher Ed Farmer. And the pitcher, warming up in the bullpen from the Baltimore Orioles, a 12-game winner already this year, Steve Stone. 
and you know, there, I think about Ed a lot. But today, when when Stoney was on talking about that game, I remember that Farmer was in that game for his lone All Star appearance. Uh, he had thirty saves that season in nineteen eighty, and uh, that was a record at the time uh, for White Sox pitchers. The save record was uh, was relatively new in terms of uh, the record that it was kept. And he broke the record of 29 set by Terry Forster back in 72. And then he, he gets his 30th save in 1980 in a 4-2 win over the Angels. This is all from Sox, Sox Nerds blog. October 4th, 1980 at Comiskey Park. And that game was significant because it featured a pinch hit appearance by Minnie Minoso, who at the time set a big league record by appearing in his fifth decade of baseball. So at the time, when Farmer pitches the All-Star game, it's his career year. Not his best year for earned run average. That was the year before. I think his, his ERA that season in 1980 was like in the three threes. Um, but he, at that time, Farmer is uh, in a very small group of, of White Sox relief pitchers to pitch in an All-Star game. Uh, before him, it was Sandy Consuegra, uh, Jerry Staley, Eddie Fisher, and then after that, Bobby Thigpen, Roberto Hernandez, Bobby Jenks, Matt Thornton, Jesse Crane, and now this year, Liam Hendricks is going to be uh, hopefully making an appearance, but he's on the team. So a very small list of guys that have been White Sox relief pitchers to make an all-star team. And uh, so Tommy John is the guy who Farmer came in for that day, and uh, here's what it sounded like when Earl Weaver had seen about enough of old Tommy John. Here comes Earl Weaver, and that could be all for Tommy John, it will be all. Stephen Farmer throwing out. So Weaver on his way out to make the change. The American League 2, the National League 2 in the bottom of the sixth. The reason the White Sox have enjoyed good success thus far this season would be that man who's been instrumental in 23 victories. He's won six himself and saved 17. The big right-hander Ed Farmer coming on in the bottom of the sixth inning. The move made by Earl Weaver who has made a lot of moves tonight and a lot of moves that might be second-guessed. So Farmer had a bit of tough luck when he came in to, to relieve uh, uh, Tommy John that day. Uh, but, but Ed did his job, right? So he, he's able to go out there, uh, runners on first and third with one out in the sixth, and he's able to, to get a ground ball off a young Dave Winfield. Uh, but Willie Randolph was there at second base, and he booted it, right? So it was an error. Um, the run was tar- charged to Tommy John. The run scores. And then Keith Hernandez comes up, and he gets on with an infield single. He hits one right up the box. It bounces off of Ed, and Kareem's over to shortstop. So he's already rolled up two ground balls. He's done his job at that inning, and he's got nothing to show for it. And then uh, the National League pulls the trigger and sends up, oh, just Pete Rose here to pinch it, and here's what happens. Pete Rose batting for Stearns. Infield up at first and third. Double play at short and second. As Rose hits the bouncer down to Randolph. Willie over to Yount. One and back to first. Double play. So Rose hits into a double play to end it. But here in the sixth inning, the National League comes up with a couple of runs. So Farmer gets three double plays in one inning, and uh, he's able to get out of that jam there. But uh, whenever I, I think about the 1980 All Star Game, and uh, I think about Ed and Stoney was talking about it today, and uh, just you know, just as All Star Week approaches here, I thought that was uh, something I wanted to uh, to spotlight here a little bit. And as far as um, Illinois-born relief pitchers, Ed is uh, he re- when he retired, he was the all time leader of saves by an Illinois native with 75 saves. When he retired, uh, and the stat became official in uh, 1969, um, he was eventually passed by 
who? You want to take a guess? I know you have it on your sheet in front of you, um, but this man retired. Not even looking yet. This man had 300 saves when he retired. Uh, he was born in Brighton, Illinois, so it's not a guy you would think of right away. I did not even know this guy was from Illinois. Uh, 300 saves. Uh, he had a fun Harry Carey name. Harry Carey loves saying his name. A, a former Met, but that's not where he uh, he made his bones, so to speak. <sighs> I was going to say Jesse Orozco. Um... Rel- relatively recent. I was after after Ed, obviously. Yeah, um, I'm just going to... Shot in the dark, three hundred saves. A Mets. Jason not, Isringhausen. Yes, you got it. Oh, <laughs> yes, Boom! Let's go. Hell yeah, dude! Nicely done. Let's go. Uh, I'll take your word for it that you didn't cheat. I, I believe, did not cheat. I, I believe you are to be a man of integrity. So I did not know he was from Illinois. <laughs> Probably that's a southern city or something. Shit like that. <laughs> yeah, I have no idea. Well, why don't you look up where Brighton is here uh, while I relay the information for them to hit us up on the next mailbag? You can hit us up locked on socks at gmail.com locked on socks at gmail.com thank you to socks nerd for supplying some of those tidbits there as we remember our guy ed farmer and he, he could you know he didn't talk about that all-star appearance a lot you know he, you know the the appearance itself was sort of clouded by they mentioned a lot of the al cowens incident because it happened you know the the mound charging happened that earlier that season so it was still a pending legal case when farmer goes in there and he's representing the south side, south side of chicago and he's you know representing the white Sox in his only all-star appearance and here they are talking about something negative that happened so i thought that that was funny but he never talked about it a lot but you know i'm sure everyone was insanely proud and i'm sure he was proud to have chicago across his chest uh, as the road team out there in dodger stadium you can uh, leave us a voicemail 312-566-8727 that's 312-566-8727 all-star week next week we'll recap the Orioles series and i think uh we will talk i'm gonna go on vacation and we've got some shows in the hopper here but we're gonna talk about what it's gonna look like to have lance lynn and carlos rodan in the fold in 2022 and beyond what that would look like financially. Is it possible? Do we even want it? Because those two guys have been so instrumental in the White Sox success this season, and they're going to be free agents after this year. And you're, you're, you can extend your championship window by having those two guys in your rotation. So Herb and I are going to talk next week, I think on Tuesday, uh, uh, the day of the All-Star game, as those two guys will be taking the field for the American League All-Stars along with Liam Hendricks. We'll talk about that on Tuesday and what that's going to look like if the Sox can make it happen. Uh, and hopefully Rick Hahn is at the, uh, the the bargaining table uh, during the All-Star break trying to get those guys secured for beyond 2021. So uh, th- that's all I got, Herb. Do we know where Brighton, Illinois is yet? It is in the Metro East region of Illinois. So St. Louis Metropolitan Statistical Area, McElpin County. So on the west side. Okay. West side of <laughs> Illinois, southwest side of Illinois. Hey, southwest side. All right, so that there you have it there. So uh, nicely done. Thank you very much. And, uh, yeah, that's that's all I got. We'll, we'll talk to you guys during the All-Star Week with some guest hosts. I guess this would be a good time to mention. Oh, yeah. We're going to have uh, some guest hosting. Uh, our, our guys are going to be helping us out here next week. I don't know how many shows, but this will be a good chance for you to get uh, acclimated with them. We are going to be... You know, Herb is going to take a little time off too, which we both deserve. Let's be real here, folks. We are going to have our shows done at the very least next Friday show, week from today. That show will be uh, provided to you by none other than our friends and score teammates, Sean Anderson. You could follow him on Twitter at Sean underscore W underscore Anderson. 
and he was a great, great, great follow during the 108 tourney. We, you heard us talking about him then. And he'll be joined by our guy, Mike Rankin of Future Sox, uh, who will be joining him on the show. So that's at Rankin906 on Twitter. You should be following him for all of your Future Sox needs. So those two guys, they came at us and like, hey, we heard you guys are going to take some time off. Can we step in for a little bit? So I'm like, yeah, absolutely. I love the passion. I, I love the, I love the, I love the 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 chutzpah of, of wanting to, to fill in. And, yeah, you and, don't ask, you don't get, and these guys ask. So ac- absolutely, man. So that'll be fun, and I, I'm hoping they're going to talk to James Fox, do a little draft preview and or recap. So I, I gave them that little, you know, uh, idea. Maybe they'll follow through. Maybe not. Maybe we'll talk to Foxy. Maybe Herb will talk to Foxy. But yeah, they're going to be doing the show next week at least once next Friday. Sean Anderson and Mike Rankin very excited to have those guys aboard helping us out and I know the show will be in capable hands so please welcome them warmly and know that we did not get fired we may even have to tag the show that day saying hey it's still us you're still going to hear us on the commercials we didn't get fired we're just taking a break but uh, thank you to those guys for stepping up and uh, you know it's it's really it uh, takes a lot off our plates mentally as well you know knowing that the show is going to be in capable hands by guys who are very smart about the white Sox, very passionate and uh, very entertaining so i'm looking forward to those guys uh, I, I may listen to the show for once because i don't listen to our show once it's up there i can't listen to myself and if that's clear because yeah. i don't improve so it's clear that i don't air check myself <laughs> but i may actually listen to the show that day so thank you to those guys that's all i got today that is the voice of chris Tannehill. follow him at Chris Tannehill, me, Herb Lawrence, Ecknerwall23, and our show is at Locked On Socks. You already got the number 312-566-8727 and Locked On Socks at gmail.com. Welcome those guys with open arms when they do take over the show. I think I'm going to still do one of those shows. So me and James Fox will talk about the White Sox post-draft. Uh, I think on the Wednesday show. Yeah, so Monday, and- Monday will be weekend recap. Tuesday will be the Rodon Lynn show. Wednesday, probably the draft recap, right? All-star game yeah. recap. I'm sure you'll have some thoughts there. Yeah. So if, if I, at very least, I'll do the show with the guys. So welcome them in. And then they'll okay. do it by themselves on Friday. That's so, good thinking right there. Yeah. So you all, you guys won't be too unfamiliar with them. They'll be talking with me. It'll be a three-man weave. We'll have a great time. Or a four-man weave with James Fox in there, too. So for Chris Tannehill, my name is Herb Lawrence. Thank you for joining us on this episode. And have a great weekend from Locked on Socks. Camarena to deep right field. Camarena plays it. Slam Diego. Are you kidding me? The Padres pitcher that is brought up from El Paso. The San Diego kid. Set a grand slam. That's unbelievable. Something called Daniel Camarena just hit a grand slam. He's a pitcher, and he hit a grand slam, and to get it within one round for the Padres, that's amazing. Nah, damn, these people are going to be talking, though. Ah, damn it. Pitchers who rake, damn it. It's over. All right.